morning, everybody. It's so nice to well, I'm not seeing you right now. Hopefully, I will see some faces here on Facebook. Um, but yeah, I hope really that you will be blessed this morning. I'm just going to pray for us, and then we're going to jump right into the Word. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Uh, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you that you are with us and that you are for us. I pray um, that this morning that your that your words will find entrance into our hearts, that it will um, bless us, that it will change us, that it will give us hope. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so I see Riet and Dini, you are watching. Welcome. <laughs> I hope this message is going to bless you. Now, I have a few scriptures that I want to read, so let's see how it all comes together. We're going to start in 1 Peter 1, and um, we're going to read... From verse 3. Praised be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah. By his boundless mercy, we have been born again to an ever-living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, born anew into an inheritance which is beyond the reach of change and decay. It is imperishable, unsullied, and unfading, reserved in heaven for you. You are, uh, who are, not the inheritance, not you, <laughs> who are being guarded or garrisoned by God's power through your faith till you fully inherit that final salvation that is ready to be revealed for you in the last time, you should be exceedingly glad on this account, though now for a little while you may be distressed by trials and suffer temptations, so that the genuineness of your faith may be tested. Your faith, which is infinitely more precious than the perishable gold which is tested and purified by fire. This proving of your faith is intended to redound to your praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One, is revealed. Without having seen him, you love him. Though you do not even now see him, you believe in him and exult and thrill with inexpressible and glorious triumphant heavenly joy. At the same time, you receive the result or the outcome of your faith the salvation of your souls. Okay, so what is he saying in the scripture? He's saying that we have an inheritance with Christ. We have an inheritance that is beyond decay, um, and it is reserved in heaven for us. So that doesn't mean that because it is reserved in heaven, it is reserved for one day. It is just reserved in a place where there's no corruption or no decay that can happen. And it says that it is reserved and it is protected by the power of God. But your faith is the thing that it is going to reveal it and make it fully known to you in this age. And then he says, okay, so you are seeing now, you may be going through trials and um, sufferings and temptations and all those kind of things. He says, but your faith is tested when trials and sufferings and you know, temptations come your way. Now, it is not saying that God is testing your faith because James 1 says that God does not test us. Okay. So, um, 
our faith is tested when things of this world come towards us, when what we face is not in line with what the word of God says. But he says that, he's, that we have been born again into an ever-living hope. Now, this hope is, is that even if we do not see right now everything that God has paid the price for, we have an hope that as we live by faith, as we turn to Jesus, as we grow in faith, in our relationship with Jesus, that that which God has promised for us do not go away. So even though you mess up badly, even though you've taken the wrong routes, even though you've proclaimed the wrong things, said the wrong things, I mean, we know that life and death is in the, in the power of the tongue. But God is saying that even if we do this, new grace and mercy is extended to us today. And even though we have messed up and you know, spoiled all our chances to receive this inheritance from Jesus. He's saying that we have been born again into an ever-living hope, that we can today receive the things that you have safeguarded for us in heavenly places. In Ephesians 1, I think it was 6 or 7, he says that all things, um, that he has given us all spiritual things in, in the heavenly places. So all things are stored up for, for us. And then in um, verse 2, uh, Ephesians 2 verse 4, he says that we are seated with Christ, verse 6, we are seated with Christ in heavenly places, okay? So when we go into that position of rest, when we go into that position where we sit with Christ and we reign in his authority, then we receive and it becomes manifested here on earth, the things that he has guarded for us. Now this testing of our faith, sometimes we we might feel discouraged because it sometimes just seems like this testing of our faith doesn't end. You know, we persist, we try again, we do things again, sometimes the wrong things, sometimes the right things, but we keep on trying and we do not necessarily see the results. And our faith is tested. But then he says, he says here, he has a key for us. Rejoice in the things that God has already given you, or that he has made available in, in, in the heavenly realms for us. Rejoice in that. Rejoice in Christ. Rejoice. Just find any reason to rejoice. And he says, as we rejoice, the outcome of our faith is revealed. Okay. As we re um, rejoice, he said, the result of your faith. Um, let me see it. Let me just read that again. So that the genuineness of your faith may be tasted without see, without, yeah, 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 verse 8. Without having seen him, you love him. Though you do not even now see him, you believe in him and exult and thrill with inexpressible and glorious joy. At the same time, you receive the result or the outcome or the consummation of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Okay, let's go to Ephesians Make it, let's do one first, Ephesians 1. So I was just talking to Jesus and I just said to him, you know, all of this inheritance is available for us. We have all of this, but it sometimes just seems like we're not breaking through. We're not getting that promotion, okay? And how does this work? And... Um, you know, if I speak about promotion, I'm not only speaking about the promotion that you get promoted at work. I'm speaking about the next step. Anything that is higher or 
next, more of, of what you are real, already um, experiencing in, the, in your life. And um, yeah, so we're going to get to that just now. Like I said, let's read a few verses and tie it together. Okay, Ephesians 1, in verse 4. Even as in his love, he chose us, actually picked us out for himself as his own in Christ, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless in his sight, even above reproach before him in love. For he ordained us, destined us. He planned in love for us to be adopted, to be revealed as his own children through Jesus Christ in accordance with the purpose of his will. Because it pleased him and was his kind intent. So that we might be to the praise and the commendation of his glorious grace, favor and mercy, which he so freely bestowed on us, in his beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the remission of our sins or offenses and shortcomings, in accordance with the riches and the generosity of his gracious favor, which he lavished upon us in every kind of wisdom and understanding, practical insight and prudence, making known to us the mystery, the secret of his will, of his plan, of his purpose, and it is this, in accordance with his good pleasure, his merciful intention, which he had previously purposed and set forth in him. And then he basically says he, wants to give us, he wanted to give us the Holy Spirit, the promised Holy Spirit. Okay, let's jump to Ephesians 2 verse 4. He says, But God, so rich is he in his mercy, because of and in order to satisfy the great and wonderful and intense love with which he loved us. Even when we were dead by our own shortcomings and trespasses, he made us alive together in fellowship and in union with Christ. He gave us the very life of Christ himself, the same new life with which he quickened him, for it is by grace that you are saved, delivered from judgment, and made partakers of Christ's salvation. And he raised us up together with him and made us sit down together, to giving us joint seating with him in the heavenly sphere by virtue of our being in Christ Jesus, the Messiah, the Anointed One. He did this that he might clearly demonstrate through the ages to come the immeasurable, limitless, surpassing riches of his free grace, his unmerited favor in his kindness and goodness of heart towards us in Christ Jesus. For it is by free grace that you are saved, safe through your faith. And this salvation is not of yourselves, of your own doing. It came not through your own striving, but it is the gift of God. God is love. And God has this desire to satisfy this love. And the only way that he felt would be appropriate to fully satisfy um, this love would be to shower it 
onto people. Okay. And yes, he loves all people, but I think if you walk around on earth, you will realize and see that, that not all people are showered with love. And that does not mean it's not because it is available for all people, but it is um, given to those who receive it. And we're going to get to that just now. But for me, this was so amazing. First in, in chapter 1, he says, um, which sentence is it? Well, doesn't matter. He just said in, in chapter 1 and now in chapter 2, he says that it is God's desire to shower us with his love. It is God's desire to, um, to prove to, to people that this grace is so immeasurable and so profound and that he just wants to give it to people. And I was just thinking, you know, there's a scripture that speaks about that God roamed the earth and, he's, and he was seeing if there was anyone righteous, basically referring to who could pay the price for the sins of the world, but he could not find anyone. And then obviously he had to send his son, Jesus Christ. And then I was just thinking, in the same way, God is roaming and looking to whom he can shower his grace upon. And it is not to the deserving, but it is to the willing. Okay, So God wants to really lavish his grace upon you. He wants to promote you in every way. He wants to take you to the next level. But the only way that this happens, James 4, verse 6. Verse 10, James 4, verse 10. Humble yourselves, feeling very insignificant in the presence of the Lord, and he will exalt you. He will lift you up and make your lives significant. Many times we think that we will get to the next step when we either work harder, try harder, I don't know, put this and this and this and this in place, then the next thing can happen. Or we even think, if I can just change myself in this area, if I can just get this right, then I can be promoted. For example, let's say you are, let's say at a job, okay. If I can get this aspect of my job to work, then obviously I can do well on my yearly performances and then I can be promoted. Or you can think um, you want to be or you want to um, grow in a certain relationship. If only I can, you know, get this one aspect of me right. If I can maybe just be more patient, <laughs> then this relationship is going to work. Or then somebody will see me and I can be in this relationship or whatever it is, okay? But this is not how promotion works. It is not how we can better ourselves so that we can get to the next step. Promotion works like this. You humble yourself in the presence of the Lord. Okay. So it is important that you understand it is in the presence of the Lord. It means that you lay down all your opinions and ideas of how you think things should be done in God's in the presence of God. So, meaning when you and God is having a conversation, you say, yes, Lord, whatever you say. <laughs> Sorry, Lord, I tried this hard. Let's try again with the way that your word says it, with how you want to do it. 
tell me what I can be doing. Show me the way. I don't want to follow my own ways. I don't want to, to, to follow my, um, the ideas that I've been thinking I should be putting in place. Just do what God showed you to do. Just do that. So it doesn't mean you don't do anything. But let's say you're in a job um, and, and you know that God wants to promote you. That might mean that you just do your tasks very good. It, it doesn't mean that you need to take on this and this and this and this to impress the boss as well. Just hear from God what is it that you need to do. And then God promotes you. I'm going to get, okay, I'm, we're going to speak about more about this, but let's go to Psalm 75. Verse 4, I said to the arrogant and boastful, deal not arrogantly, do not boast, and to the wicked, lift not up the horn of personal aggrandizement, lift not up your aggressive horn on high, speak not with a stiff neck and insolent arrogance, for not from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south come promotion and lifting up. But God is the judge. He puts down one and lifts up another. Okay. So promotion comes from God. And he says in James that when we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, in the presence of the Lord, in due time, he will exalt us. I'm thinking of, for example, ministry just relevant to, to, to us. You know, you might be in ministry for 20 years, and you might think that by now you should have been a well-known preacher. People should be inviting you to 20 different places. And because maybe it's not happening, and you're thinking, okay, you're thinking, what did I do wrong? Um, what should I be doing different for people to recognize me? That's not how promotion works. <laughs> the only question and the only position that you should be taking is to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. So there's only one position, only one thing that we can truly do is that we lie down at the feet of Jesus in relationship with him. We come to him and we say to him, Lord, I lay down my life. I think it's Matthew 10. I lay down my life. I do not regard my opinions and my life as valuable in itself. Without you, I am really nothing. Without the love of God, we are useless and, and yeah, it doesn't mean anything. 1 Corinthians 13, God is love. So without him, without his love, without God, we are useless and, and, and nobodies. And you come to God with that, that position of that in yourself that you are nothing. And you humble yourself before God. And God is the one who exalts you. And it happens in many ways. It is in the change that happens in your heart. It is in the attitude that you have towards people. It is just by favor with people, people starting to see you. I want to give you this example. It was just something that God showed me. There's no reason for this. I mean, it didn't change anything in my life. I was just like, what's happening? At one stage with Facebook, now it's Facebook, really Really, like Facebook doesn't count for anything. So this is why I'm saying this. <laughs> this is just God was just speaking to me. Let's say I had like a thousand friends on Facebook, and you can have five thousand friends. And 
in a week, I don't know how, I was, me and God, we were chatting about this and promotion, and in a week, I got like 4,000 friend requests, literally. And at that stage, I just accepted people. Later, I purged my list a bit of people uh, posting funny things. But anyway, in a week's time, you can ask my friends, ask my sister. Like, I got like 5,000 requests. I was like, how does that, that happen? And God was just speaking to me. And he just said to me, this is what happens when God does something. And like I said to, to you, like Facebook really, um, for all of you wondering and thinking, Facebook is not a real, it's not a real life. <laughs> Don't, um, don't, don't look at your Facebook posts and see, oh, I got three likes, so people are not liking me. Oh, I got 100 likes. I must be famous. <laughs> you understand what I mean? Facebook is a great tool, and we use it to reach the kingdom of God, but it is not real life. Okay, so don't take Facebook too earnestly. But that demonstration was just God showing me what can happen when he does something. Because I didn't desire to have 5,000 friends it doesn't matter to me to have 5,000 friends, especially if I don't know you. You understand what I mean? So it is just when God does something, it is supernatural. I don't know how it works. I don't know what the workings are of how he puts things together. If you need to be famous, let's say you're an actor, and somebody needs to spot you for you to have a big role, to have your break in, in whatever. It is God that gives you the promotion. How does it work that somebody sees you and you have this? It is favor. It is supernatural. You can have all the talent in the world and all the right opportunities, but if the favor of God is not on you, it might not mean anything. You hear many times of people who have been in um, you know, roles like for music and for acting and that kind of thing. They've been 10 years, 20 years in business, and they did these little things, but nobody saw them, and then suddenly they big break, okay? And the same for us in our lives. We can be laboring, we can be laboring, and we, it feels like we're not having fruit. It just feels like literally we've been, we, were, we are tested, like we're not getting breakthrough. And then suddenly something happens. The change is the favor of God. But there is one thing that we can do. Humble yourself. Humble yourself. Find joy at his feet. Find joy just spending time at his feet, saying, Lord, what is it? Not, Lord, how can I change myself? Lord, show me your ways. Show me your love. Show me how much you love me. And then I want to just say this. It's always the heart of God to promote you. It is always the, the heart of God to shower his love and to shower his grace and his mercy upon you. The whole thing, every time you look at scripture, God promotes. He even, Ephesians 2 verse 6 says, he seated us in heavenly places. He lifted us up to sit with Christ. It is always the heart. I'm thinking of Joseph, for example. Somebody throws him in a pit, and he did not fight for himself. He did not try his own ways. He just pursued God. He was faithful and righteous before the eyes of God. And when the time came, God promoted him. Okay. And he became the second highest king literally in the existing world that time in, in terms of, you know, a, a powerful, or the powerful world. I don't know. I might be incorrect here, but I know he was second to Pharaoh. So the thing is just 
everything was against him. People even lying. It was not even that he was just nice and, um, you know, people saw that he was nice but nothing happened. Like they were against him. He ended up in jail. Put the first frou. He ended up in jail. But God still promoted him. People forgot about him. When he asked for favors, they forgot about him. But in the end, God promoted him. So today, you can set your eyes on Jesus. And you can set yourself in a place. And that is at the feet of Jesus. Humble yourself. Lord, forgive me for all my efforts to do this, to try to change that. Lord, Give me your word. Your faith comes through your word. Your word is the power in our lives. We lay down our ideas. We lay down our lower life. We lay down the things we've been trying to change and trying to do. And we receive your help. We receive your help, Lord Jesus. Amen. Have a blessed day. I hope you enjoy it. Let me see Janine, good day, Erika, Maxwell, um, Ting, Maui Sang, from where are you? Nice to see you. And I already greeted Dini and Red. Okay, bless you guys. That's the word for today. Bye. <laughs>